Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you caught last week's chat with uh, Bernie Rogers, the expert in NLP and MBIT. Uh, for those of you who tuned in, that was all about multiple brain integration techniques. I have to say I learned loads myself in that conversation with Bernie. Uh, you can check it out by uh, going back through the archive, of course, or finding out more about her work at the website nlptraininginstitute.com. So this week, I'm delving into the topic of self-care once again. Um, and it's interesting because I did a blog post on this topic that I titled uh, Self-Care is Not Pampering and it had a graphic that went self-care is the new health care and uh, it got more clicks and likes and and reaction uh, than I think any other topic I've done this year so it lets me know that there's an appetite out there for this subject and of course it's something that uh, we could all benefit from and it's something that 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 I suppose I, I speak about because I need to I need to learn it myself So when we think about self-care, we often think of bubble baths and scented candles and spa days and skincare, you know, but self-care isn't just pampering or an excuse to shop. You know, if self-love is accepting ourselves for all that we are, then self-care is finding a way to be gentle with our precious hearts in the midst of life's challenges and messiness. You know, the self-care market is big business, an industry of products and services, all marketed under that umbrella heading of you deserve it. Now, I have a borderline fetish when it comes to some well-being products and how they're marketed from the scented candles and incense and journals to soft furnishings, angel cards, personal development books. The, the list is endless. And as pleasurable and as necessary as it is to look after our bodies and to relax our minds and fuel our spirit, this is the surface layer of self-care. It's the tip of the iceberg. Real self-care is shining a light on what lies beneath in the, in the shadowy depths of our psyche, over the years, I, I have to admit that I've struggled with the concept of self-care and many other people have too. You know, we, gr- we grapple with issues like imposter syndrome and lack of worthiness. Uh, for me, it's really only been in the last year that I've recognised that self-love and, and the self-care that nourishes it is really just a label for being as kind and as gentle towards myself as I am or as I'd like to think I am towards others. You know, we can be a far better friend to others than we are to ourselves. If a friend shared with you that they were low, tired, stressed, overwhelmed, sad, grieving, we would share words of comfort with them. Now, if we're feeling these emotions, though, we'll tend to uh, push through or as my tendency is, I will berate myself for having them in the first place. It's like the double punch, you know, sometimes things happen that gives us a jolt or we feel less than or unworthy or any combination of so-called negative emotions. Uh, But we follow that up then with many self-inflicted punches, the self-judgment, the literally beating ourselves up uh, because we reacted in a particular way or because of how we're feeling or because we could have or should have done something differently or maybe just because we're human. You know, and that, my friends, is how we are tough on ourselves and why we should just give ourselves a break at least some of the time. As I see it, self-care is the path from the overactive mind to the loving heart. It's how we resource ourselves. 
It's also the spirit level, and I use that word purposefully, that helps us find equilibrium between giving and receiving, between doing and being. Whilst I firmly believe that we're all perfectly ourselves, simultaneously we're also works in progress. I view my progress as away from the fear-based filters and uh, conditioning towards love, a journey from suffering in all its forms towards inner peace. There are times when I feel like I'm making progress and there's other times when it's like I've been consumed by old habits. It always reminds me of that quote by Al Pacino in the Godfather part three movie. You know, I thought I was out, but they sucked me back in again. You know, the habits of decades of thinking and conditioning. But when we walk this path away from fear and towards love, the lighter we become, we shed what no longer serves us which what maybe wasn't even ours in the first place. Uh, but this is part of what I call the tough love side of self-love. There are times when we need a companion on our journey of self-care, someone to support us, someone to hold the lantern, as I sometimes say. Uh, this is where a therapist, a counsellor or a coach can be invaluable, a professional whose sole focus is assisting you to heal and to move forward in your life. I've spoken before about how helpful I found counselling. Uh, you might recall I did two uh, episodes, two conversations a few months back uh, with counsellors and uh, therapists, Eileen Hopkins and Des Canning. Des, of course, being my, my own counsellor. You know, dealing with a long buried trauma and hauling limiting beliefs and patterns into awareness is the heavy work of self-care. We acknowledge and embrace the bruised, hurt and disempowered parts of ourselves. This often involves forgiveness of ourselves and others. You know, as the heartbeat of healing, forgiveness expands our capacity for self-compassion. And of course, self-compassion is an essential aspect of self-care. Having built some strong muscles doing the heavy work, currently one of my main self-care practices is inner child work. I embarked on this practice, as many people do, to, to heal the child within, based on the premise that when the child is healed, the adult appears. And what I've discovered is that my inner child work is actually healing the adult. It's become a gateway for play and fun and spontaneity and unconditional love to flow in my life. Something else that is part of self-care that we may not think is, is establishing boundaries. As I say, establishing boundaries is self-care in action. This is not about shutting ourselves off, nor is it about being unapproachable or uncaring. The best boundaries are the ones built with love. You are merely establishing what you need to function well in the world. Boundaries may be time-based. They may also be physical spaces, thresholds, separating different and equally important aspects of your life. For me, boundaries play an essential role in protecting my energy, particularly shielding myself from situations that drain my energy. Of course, self-care is nourishing the body as well, inside and out. Since cancer gatecrashed my life a few years ago, I have regular checkups with my GP and consultants. Um, I do purposely take care of my health. You know, it's an investment. Um, I take vitamins and supplements that support my well-being. Regular exercise, exercise, I try to stay hydrated. You know, and these are no longer done solely for vanity reasons. It's part of a lifestyle because I want to honour my body, my avatar in this world. Um, I've also gotten into the habit of asking myself, what does my body need? That's an interesting question to ponder. And frequently the answer is rest. So we should never forget that sleep is an integral part of self-care too. There can be many natural byproducts of a regular self-care practice. 
you find the courage to have a difficult conversation that you've put on the long finger because you're you're feeling a little bit more resourced in yourself. Or maybe you take baby steps in the direction of goals you've identified or dreams you've resurrected. Again, maybe because you're more resourced, you're more rested, you're thinking more clearly. I found that self-care is the doorway to expanded self-awareness. You know, you can get curious about what triggers you. You know, whilst you think that others might press your buttons, as I always say, they're still your buttons. So you go on an expedition to uncover hidden buttons and the treasures they conceal. This is certainly the tough love side of self-love. It's one that I find challenging and it's one that I often put my hand up and say, I need a little bit of help with this one, please. Self-care is also about aligning with spirit. I sometimes refer to this as connecting with the soul or higher consciousness or, or, or connecting with the, you know, the wider definition of me. It's said we are spiritual beings having a human experience, and I do believe that. I also believe that we don't have to croak. You know, our physical bodies don't have to die and decay for us to have a relationship with the divine, um, you know, the spiritual aspect of our nature. For me, yoga is the practice that bridges mind, body and spirit. I also ensure I put the, the me into meditation by ensuring I have some quiet time daily to turn inwards. And for some people, they feel their spirit by spending time in nature, uh, something that I know converts my spirituality into a lived experience. One of the things I found with self-care, though my own self-care practice, is that when I need self-care most, that tends to be when I turn away from it and I revert to my old doing patterns and my, my attempts, my futile attempts to try to control everything. You know, eventually, though, I'm forced to stop either through exhaustion, frustration or stress. So what I try to do now is to make self-care a ritual or a routine for me. So it's, it's a constant investment. It's not something that I, I'm sort of forced to do as, a, um, as an emergency strategy. It's something I want to do more proactively. Um, I've also found that when I ignore what my fear or pain or internal turmoil is pointing me towards, that I'm really rejecting an invitation for healing and for more love to enter my life. Um, in, in those scenarios, you know, if I'm not doing that inner work, it might be like putting on the fluffy robe, uh, but eventually my, my wounds will bleed through. So cosseting and pampering is bam for the mind, body and soul, but it's only a minor part of self-care. It can also be a distraction from the real work of caring for the self, you know, doing the personal development work, taking full responsibility for ourselves, ensuring we have adequate rest, you know, being as good a friend to ourselves as we are to others, establishing loving boundaries, looking after our physical bodies from movement to the checkups to, to what we consume and, and how we nourish our minds and bodies. As we move towards close this week, I'm going to finish with a, with a few, there's about 10, 12 of them, uh, reflection questions all on this theme. Um, and it's something, of course, that I am exploring further in my new book. Um, I'll be speaking a little bit about that over the coming weeks, as you can imagine. Um, but self-care and self-love are themes that, that really resonate with people. So it is something that I'm, that I'm exploring in my, in my new book. Um, and one of the chapters in there does look at this tough love side of self-love. And, and I pose some questions and I'm sharing them with you here, a little ac extract from the book, as it were. You know, it's based on the thinking that it's easy to love ourselves when things are going well, when life is going our way, you know, when we're getting what we want. 
uh, but can we answer these questions uh, positively uh, in the messiness and the challenges of life? So let me close this week by by sharing these questions and just allow yourself to contemplate how you might answer them. So they're yes, no questions, but just let them let them settle and and see what it brings up for you. You know, can I love myself when I mess up at work? Can I love myself when the kids are acting up? Can I love myself when I forget a friend's birthday? Can I love myself when the dishes are piled high in the kitchen sink? Can I love myself when I can't close the tap button of my jeans? Can I love myself when I'm running late? Can I love myself when my stomach is knotted with worry? Can I love myself when I don't get the promotion? Can I love myself when I ignore my better judgment? Can I love myself when I erupt in anger? Can I love myself when I've just let my boss speak to me that way again? Can I love myself when the person I want to show me affection recoils from my touch? Can I love myself when I've just spent hours mindlessly surfing the web? Can I love myself on the days when I don't even like myself? They're deep questions. As I say, that does go to the the tough love side of self-love. I can't answer, answer yes to all of them. I don't think I can answer yes even to the majority of them, but I'm trying to and, and I'm learning. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Um, it's a topic I'm sure I'll be returning to again and again. Um, if you did, maybe consider writing a short review for the podcast or give me a star rating. That helps spread the word. And of course, if you think others might benefit from listening, feel free to, to share it on social media. So thank you as ever for tuning in. More information about me, James Sweetman, is available on my website, jamesweetman.com. And until next week.